Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, you're listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Press Gazette, Editor-in-Chief, Dominic Ponsford. And this week, we're learning all about how the Daily Mail became a hit on TikTok. And joining me to talk about all things TikTok is Press Gazette UK editor Charlotte Tobit. Hi, Charlotte. Hello, Dom. Well, I'm a bit confused. The Daily Mail, as we all know, is the voice of Middle England by every day. It's a fantastic newspaper. But I imagine the uh, average age of the Daily Mail reader must be somewhere in excess of 50. I, I, I don't see it as a youth brand, whereas TikTok is very much a thing for the youth. So what's happened? Well, that's very much why they've invested in TikTok to kind of future-proof the brand so that in the future they've got all these young people who have discovered what the Daily Mail can do and will read and watch all their different products. You'll hear in, in the interview that we've got coming up the impact that it's had on the team of seeing the comments of like young people saying slang TikTok stuff. I, I did ask for a translation or something, but yeah, basically... This is what they're doing to get those different audiences that they don't have through like the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday. And who are we speaking to? So Phil Harvey, who is the head of social video for Mail Online. He joined in March this year. And in that time, in the past six months or so, they've completely um, revitalized their TikTok strategy and, and it's had massive growth. Well, I'd be fascinated to hear how they've done it because I know over the last couple of years, TikTok's become a really important platform for publishers or become increasingly so. Should we say what we know about TikTok? I'll, I'll go first if you like. I'd love to hear what you know about TikTok. <laughs> well, I I know I briefly flirted with it during lockdown uh, through the medium of dance and music, which I enjoyed very much, but I haven't been back to it that much since, apart from occasionally I will sit down with it and lose 45 minutes uh, where I, I, I don't know where, but that's because of the sort of devilish addictiveness of its clever algorithm that means that once you open it up you can't stop scrolling because it seems to know exactly how to keep you keep you glued to it which is why children are so addicted to it aren't they but that's another thing so we know that it's one of the fastest growing social platforms in the uk we covered not so long ago on press there offcom saying that it's the fastest growing source of news in the UK, uh, used by one in 10 people in the big Ofcom annual news survey saying they go to TikTok for news. And I think, but when it gets really interesting, 
is what the 18 to 24s are up to. And that's something that uh, we've written about a lot this year with the Reuters survey, finding that 18 to 24s are not really going to publish your websites at all. They're going for sort of short form video snippets for news, and they're increasingly getting that from places like TikTok. So that's, have I covered the main bases there? Yeah, very good. And then just just on the commercial side, TikTok's earlier this year announced that it planned to start doing ad revenue sharing with certain publishers to start with. We've not heard much about that yet. So actually watch Press Gazette, watch the space because we're going to look into that further. But a lot of brands such as I've talked to Pink News about this have found more success in terms of monetizing the platform by doing commercial deals with clients and sort of using the formats that they find work well for them, but making branded content out of it and then um, making some money that way. So there are a few um, options. So sort of unlike Facebook, they seem to be um, in sort of friendly mode towards publishers. They're looking at revenue shares. And uh, of course, they're very open to people using it to promote stuff on behalf of commercial partners. And that's very effective. I guess we're in kind of the upward trajectory on TikTok, whereas Facebook's very much in the downward trajectory of its relationship with news publishers. Yeah, we sort of moved out of the friend zone with Facebook. We're kind of currently in the friend zone with TikTok. Yeah. And, you know, who well, knows? May- maybe even just entering the friend zone. It sounds like, you know, it could be getting better. Who knows where it could end up? What, so how many followers has, uh, has the Daily Mail got on TikTok then? What, 50,000, 100,000? Whoa, you're thinking too low. The main Daily Mail account's got 6.5 million and across all of its accounts, it's got several more open this year, which you'll hear about in the interview. So in total, it's got 7.4 million Goodness. just on TikTok. Goodness. I mean, I know it's not the same thing, but that's that's more, more than it's ever sold as a, as a daily print edition. I mean, yeah, just on that number comparison, you're... I mean, that's into, that's the scale that we're in nowadays, that the the potential reach, and obviously this is global, it's not just a UK thing, and it, you know, brands like this don't have to be constrained to just kind of your original And I guess market. the thing is, for consumer publishers, sort of revenue aside, if TikTok is where the audience is, you've kind of got to be there, haven't you? Otherwise you're going to be irrelevant, and we're in the relevance business, aren't we, in the news game? So look, how do we go big on TikTok? What have we learned? Well, I'll let Phil tell you first. Phil um, set out very clearly changes that they've made this year, but he started just by filling me in about his background in social video and then, yeah, launched into their strategy. Thanks so much, Phil. So, yeah, we're here to talk about Mail Online's amazing TikTok success. All sounds very exciting. I thought it'd be good to get a bit of background on you to start with. You joined Mail Online earlier this year, is that right? Thank you, Charlotte. Yeah, my name is Phil Harvey. I joined Mail Online in March this year. I've come from Lab Bible. I've worked in in social publishing. I've come from some large news broadcasters on TV, and I've joined Mail Online to spearhead the social video operation, primarily on TikTok, which is what we're celebrating this week. And we're also on Facebook too, where we reach over twenty million followers. TikTok this week we hit six point five. So. TikTok's obviously still smaller than Facebook, but it's growing a lot faster, probably fair to say. Yeah, so uh, Facebook is obviously like where we reach a global audience and it's a really exciting page for us. We've been on Facebook and established for quite a number of years now, but TikTok for us 
is a place that we're really, really excited by as a company. We, as along with other news publishers, spotted the, the potential behind this platform, the reach, the availability to see and to talk to millions of young people, people that maybe Daily Mail doesn't traditionally reach on our other mediums. It's hugely exciting for us as a publisher. We've obviously had conversations with various publishers about TikTok now, and often it comes up that many news publishers were kind of slow to the party with TikTok, and I sort of wondered where you thought Mail Online fitted into that. Yeah, I suppose publishers, news publishers, we you know are very strategic about where we place our resource. Right, TikTok is still a very young platform, but you know it was clear to us that there was a huge amount of opportunity here to reach a new audience that we don't currently reach in our current medium. So we decided to, to really get going a couple of years ago. And in the last sort of six months, we've really, really increased our investment in the platform. We've, we've made six key hires. We've completely changed our strategy. And as a result, we've seen over 1,500% growth, uh, increasing in our growth. Amazing. So a few things I want to pick up on from that. First of all, I think You've mentioned a couple of times already about that audience that you're maybe not reaching as much with other platforms. It might sound obvious, but who is that audience? So we reach a massive portion of young people on TikTok, but we also reach you know, a good segment of the general public. A lot of people are using TikTok, not whether you're just under the age of 20 anymore. It's now much more of a broad audience. So for us at The Mail, you know, we want to talk to as many people as possible and bring our brand and our journalism to, to the masses. And actually, TikTok gives us a huge cross-section of society. The difference is they're consuming that content in a different format. They're consuming it in the form of short videos, you know, content that we've never previously been, been hugely expansive in that area. So we're able to reach the same people and as well as, you know, newcomers and young people to the platform, we're reaching them in a different place. We're we're not reaching them necessarily on the kitchen table, on the newspaper, or, or just on a website. We're reaching them you know, on their smartphones in a whole new area of entertainment and, and communication. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I'd love to hear about your past six months. So you say you've introduced a new strategy or developed your strategy. What are the main points behind that? Two areas. It's Firstly, it's building out that team. That team is, that is reflective of our target audience, the team that you know, is, is made up probably 50% of journalists and 50% of people who are a social media specialists. It's the new form of storytelling that allows us to communicate on social video in a short form narrative videos, you know, anywhere from 60 seconds, right the way down to 15 second videos. This is the new form of communicating and, and touching base with our readers. But then secondly, it's a shift of strategy, you know, with those key hires, 50% journalists, 50% social media experts. We're able now to you know, produce a lot more content, but produce that in a more structured way. We're integrating data into our editorial workflow. So all our editorial decisions are guided by some sort of, you know, if it's data, if it's reach, if it's some sort of estimate of impact of, you know, what our followers are interested in, we're able to target those interests and serve them better and serve them the content that they really want to consume. Of course, we've also developed storytelling formats. You know, it's very easy to talk about video as one thing, but within video, there's tons of different ways we can approach a story. A great example of that is, you know, the brilliant TikTok explainers that we're making, you know, seven or eight times a day. These are really short form, you know, very highly optimized pieces of content. 
that give the viewers exactly what they want to know. But then we build our storytelling formats to tell the story in different ways. We've recently returned back to bread and butter journalism, hitting the street, doing those vox pops, talking to members of the public and finding out what they think about the big trending news stories of the day. And, um, and people respond well to that, do they? Do people want vox pops? They really do. People want love of a good Vox Pop, not only for the interesting characters. Um, you know, we all love to, um, particularly when we're on our phone at home, we all love colourful and interesting people. But really, social media, people turn to social media not only to be informed, but also to help shape their own opinion of global news events. Amazing. Okay, so just briefly back to the first point of the strategy, the team. Can you tell us a bit more about that team? So sort of three main questions, I guess. How big is the team? How old is the team? Like, do you have young people to reach young people? And also, obviously, mail has an operation around the world, so a lay around the world as well. Absolutely. So we are a global team. Our TikTok team have journalists, you know, based not only in London, but New York and LA. We also have a team in Australia making content specifically for the Australian audience. It really is part of the Mail's global newsroom. A good example might be to, to talk about a specific team member. We, we have the most amazing TikTok producer, Lucy White, who's making content day in, day out. She's really a fantastic uh, communicator and somebody who has her own audience online. What we've done is you know work with Lucy to help delve and probe into the kind of interests that she thinks people are talking about online. She's young, she's native, and she talks in a way that really connects with other young people on the internet. Then we also have Michael, we have Aaron, we have Liberty, we have Ellie. These are people not only with traditional journalistic backgrounds, but people that have social media backgrounds too. A big part of what we're doing is building communities and building subpages and testing and learning new topics that our audience are interested in. These people, they're the type of people who not only tell stories, maybe for a traditional media landscape for TV or for radio journalistically, but they're also, you know, building their own communities in their own time. These are people that have grown up with social media and use it on a day-by-day basis. Yeah, so you get, they all sound like younger people who are, yeah, natives. They're not like trying to guess what people on TikTok are interested in because they're on TikTok themselves already. Exactly. Yeah, they are the target audience. They're young. They're very creative. And that's what we're learning about, you know, as storytellers on social media. It's the way that we tap into the narratives. So when Trump released his mugshot, we put that mugshot on one of our producers' t-shirts. We captured the reactions of passers-by as they were clocking it, as they were, you know, realizing what they were wearing. And this was the day after it was released, by the way. So it's pretty much you know, within 24 hours. And the way that we captured that story, we captured the essence, we captured the, the, the shocked looks, we captured the interesting thumbs up. One guy gave a sly thumbs up, one guy gave a thumbs down. All of that kind of people watching content, it's a new way for us to tell a story. You know, we're talking about Putin and his, his war in Ukraine at the moment. We used uh, a TikTok native format. People online, they talk about TikTok edits. They're a bit like a creative way of editing content with effects and sounds and transitions in a way that is very TikTok native. We use that and apply that format, that, that video format to a global trending news story, which received millions and millions of views, thousands and thousands of engagements. And the best thing were the comments. Charlotte, people were saying things like Daily Mail W and, and didn't expect this from Daily Mail. And for us, 
that's a big achievement. It means that we're talking to this new generation, the Gen Z, the Gen Z. We, we're really connecting with a new audience through the kind of communication that they use with their friends. For anyone that doesn't know, what does Daily Mail W mean? Daily Mail W is a basically a win for the Daily Mail. A win is W, an L is a loss. We don't get many of those on TikTok. We get a lot of dubs, as the, as the Gen Z would call it. So we're really proud. And, and to have so many young followers, 6.5 million of them now, making us the number one news publisher in the world is such a privilege. And, you know, to have these comments coming from an audience that we don't traditionally easily reach um, is something that's really exciting. And we can't wait to see what the future opportunities hold for, for our TikTok operation. Amazing. And then, so those 6.5 million followers, they are across several accounts now, aren't they? You've kind of got one massive one, but this year you've launched several new accounts. Is that right? So we are celebrating 6.5 million on our main account. So that's all in one account. We're super, super proud by that and really excited by, by what the big Daily Mail account can reach and the amount of followers that are watching that content. But we also have launched several sub accounts. These pages are ways for us to target our audience's interests a little bit better. For example, you might really be into showbiz and entertainment content. We've got the Daily Mail showbiz just for those people. Or you might be into uh, sport, for example, and the sports guys are working on that. Lucy White, a fantastic TikTok producer, she's making a ton of great crime content. This is a big area of interest that we've seen potential on the main page. We've decided to build its own special dedicated page to highly target that was audience's interest. So in total, we've reached 7.4 million followers across all accounts, but our main account is 6.5 million. We're very proud of that. Hi, I'm Anoush, and I host the New Statesman podcast. Twice a week, we get under the skin of Westminster to help understand what's going on and what's going to happen next. We interview politicians, policymakers, and people on the front line to get you the full story behind the headlines. Plus, hear from our award-winning editorial team, including political editor Andrew Marr, to get to the bottom of what on earth is happening. Listen to the New Statesman podcast. You can subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. The addition of the extra accounts, is that just sort of just for anyone, for example, who might think, oh, I don't want all these different types of use, but I'm really interested in just sport or just current. It sort of adds your chances with these different new consumers. Yeah, it allows us to use the algorithm to our advantage. TikTok as a platform is really good at knowing what your audience is into. So for us, we're always thinking about data-driven ways to help tap into those audiences' interests. You know, whether we are creating a new sub account just for crime or maybe, you know, some content we've got on Horizon, which I can't give you too many details about today, Charlotte, but we're really, really excited about building specialized accounts for not only audience topics, but also the packaging. Potentially those Vox Pops might become their own channel one day. We're hugely excited by that proposition. Interesting. Love it. Okay. And I wanted to ask, so traditionally, you know, in newspaper format, the Daily Mail, for example, would have certain other titles that it would view as, you know, the main competitors and then online probably the same. 
on TikTok and, and your other platforms? Do you view it in the same way or is it just a general kind of competition for attention from all types of content? Like how do you view the race to get those people, I guess? Yeah, so so this is a big platform, right? TikTok is, is a global uh, social media network with billions of users. We share the TikTok space with people in entertainment, comedy, fashion, music, culture. So really, this platform is big enough for all of us. But what we want to do is carve out that individual identity. What can they get from us that they can't get from our competitors? And that is content that's built specifically for TikTok. It's not reformatted from elsewhere. It's content that speaks to them in the way that they might speak to their friends. And for us, you know, it's about building that content that's easily digestible um, for those that we're targeting. So yes, we do look at our competitors, but you know, now we're number one. We're not so much looking at our competitors. We're looking at how do we scale even bigger from here and commercially too. That's quite an exciting area for us to develop in the next 12 months. Can you share what sort of thing, you know, branded content, for example, is that how you would monetize TikTok or other other things you're looking at? Yeah, so already we've been exploring and, and made several successful commercial deals. What we're focusing on is innovating in those content formats, those video formats, right? It's not just the video. What is it within that realm, within that medium that we can specialize and start to own? So we've created a Voxpot format, which takes Daily Mail journalism onto the streets of New York. We've already sold that to several commercial clients hitting the streets, you know, for us editorially talking about the global trending news topics. But then for commercial partners, it's about asking them about products or how does this brand fit into your household? And it's proving to be really, really popular. A lot of commercial brands are still getting their heads around how to use this platform. And with 7.4 million followers across all accounts, 6.5 on our main account, we're really demonstrating that we know this platform like the back of our hand. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, you mentioned about how sort of, you know, publishers maybe weren't quick to go on TikTok because as you say, it, it takes investment have there been sort of any cons to doing it or any things that you remain hesitant about or are you kind of really all in now i think we're really invested in tiktok as a platform and that comes right from the top of the business for us investing and diversifying the way that we reach our audiences is part of future-proofing the business you know we're, we're also investing heavily in our podcast uh, strategy in fact right now sat in one of our podcast studios here in Derry street for us, it's about reaching our audiences in places that we currently aren't reaching them. You know, the kitchen table is a great place to catch up on the newspaper. But for us, we want to be, you know, in the ears of our audience when they're driving to work. So they might tune into a podcast. We want to be on the, on the mobile phone when they're, you know, taking 10 minutes to swipe and scroll on the bus. We're hitting, you know, every member, every generation of that family through our different mediums. And that is really exciting for us as a business to really, you know, test and learn and explore these places and, and ways to reach an audience you know it, it, we're, we're really tapping into the global power of the male newsroom we have journalists all around the world telling stories and that's what they're good at they're great at saying you know what happened to the news this team this tiktok team it's reversioning their content it's taking that great reporting from male journalists all around the world and putting it into a package that young people that global audience on tiktok can understand a great example is what's happening this weekend, uh, you know, the Israel-Hamas conflict is proving to be quite a challenging subject and a story that we want to tell to our audience in a different way. We want to tell it to them, you know, in a way that's not only informative, but helps them, you know, take that knowledge and understanding into the rest of their lives. And 
you know, the audience we reach on TikTok, they're, they're probably not reading the paper. Maybe their parents or their grandparents are. But for our audience, we want to be able to bring that world-class male journalism to them just in a different way. I mean, you mentioned a very serious story. Obviously, a lot of your videos are more lighthearted. From the nature of this platform, like, can you have quite a varying tone because each video comes up separately or do you have to think about what the male tone or TikTok is? Yeah, we think carefully about tone as any publisher does. You know, how do we connect with an audience? But what you find is actually young people, people in general, they're quite engaged in news. People want to know what's going on in the world. And when there is an important story like, you know, the Israel Hamas story this weekend, people want to stay up to date. And young people too, they need to stay informed. There's a desire that's inherently human. And on TikTok, we see a lot of interest in news content, but we also see interest, of course, in light content too. Definitely. Okay. We've obviously focused on TikTok because that's, you've kind of reached a big milestone, but just to put it into context, as we briefly did at the start of this, obviously you don't only think about TikTok. How does it kind of fit into your overall strategy in terms of other social platforms and are they battling for your attention and <laughs> who's winning? Well, it's not a competition between social platforms, Charlotte. We're trying to build those audiences of the future, right? We're trying to diversify our portfolio of formats, of mediums to reach people, not only in the UK, but globally. Social is a great place to talk to people and a great place for us to connect with, you know, everyday readers, whether you're watching a video or whether you're listening to a podcast or reading the paper on a Saturday afternoon. So for us, really, it's, it's not about specific platforms. It's about attempting to, to reach and to diversify our storytelling formats as much as possible. Danny Groom is a, is a big believer in the digital global newsroom. Ted Verity has got incredibly behind TikTok. Um, in fact, his Boris Johnson videos seem to be doing incredibly well. You know, we've got Boris's column and every week he does a TikTok video for us. It's proving to be really successful and a great way of not only reaching, for example, Boris's column to a different audience on TikTok, but it's a great way to promote the great work he's also doing in the paper. Amazing. I bet he didn't realize that his TikTok would be so popular when he first signed the contract. <laughs> I bet he didn't. I'll tell you what, the, the most popular video of his 3.5 million views, he did it with his dog, Dylan, and it was tapping into the, the XL bully story that was around a few weeks ago. And I tell you what, I don't know, Boris and his dog, they're, they're proving to be very popular in our cast of characters at the moment on TikTok. I mean, get an animal a bolt and anything, it will shoot up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing. Just... Two questions to round off, I think. One, kind of obviously, again, we're talking about social platforms, which involves building an audience and building a reach on obviously platforms that you don't ultimately control. But there's kind of trade-off to that, I guess. You know, does that concern you at all? Or are you, is it just accepted? That's what you need to do in order to reach those people where at some point, hopefully they will come to you directly. Yeah, I guess it's, um, it's important to distinguish that, you know, we, we do have control over our content. And the words that we say and the videos that we publish, you know, we're able to, to tell stories in our own way. And we're really proud to do that. And the audience responds to that, right? We've just got 6.5 million followers on our main page. So we've got reached a ton amount of young people who, who prescribe to the daily mail journalism that we make across the world. But I think it's something that we're monitoring as a company. And it's something that we are keeping an eye on. Of course, you know, for us, my team in particular, you know, a team of young creative storytellers, journalists, and just social natives. We're just trying our best to, to reach people in the best way possible. 
And um, yeah, we've just got an eye, an eye on the media landscape, as anyone does going forward. It's a very exciting time. Yeah, and the perfects are great because my final question was going to be, you touched on a couple of things that you're looking to do in the future. Is there anything else you can share about where you're going to continue developing it from here? Yeah, it's actually quite exciting. In a way, you know, this year, this last six months, we've introduced great storytelling formats in a way that's allowed us to to build a hygiene of content, which is what we call maybe our day-to-day content. The next level and the way for us to really grow from here, we're, we're targeting more original content, content that is maybe more episodic in its nature. It's more personality-led. It allows us to build that connection with the audience in a way that, you know, a voiceover might not or just a vox pop in the audience. So we've done great journalism and we're going to continue to do that. Where we go from here, it's super, super exciting and can't give you too much away, but next year is going to be uh, going to be really, really big. Exciting. We'll continue following it. Thanks so much, Phil. Charlotte, thank you so much. I've had a great time. It's been good talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for that, Charlotte. Fascinating to hear from Phil Harvey. And always great to hear more from an exec at the Daily Mail because, you know, they're private companies and always easy to find out what's going on. So it's really great that they're sharing. I mean, what, what do you think are the um, key take-homes for publishers then to bear in mind if we, want to, if we want to be as successful as the Daily Mail on TikTok? Yeah, I think it's a good example of the Mail obviously celebrating their success and sharing some um, lessons with us. So, yeah, really appreciate it couple of lessons I would say and they all probably sound quite obvious but having heard it from a practical perspective I think will make a difference so the fact that the team is 50% journalists and 50% sort of social content creators and they're all younger people so they're not people trying to second guess what the TikTok native generation want they're people who know how to talk to them I know that other publishers like the news movement for example done the same you know built a really solid young team but probably it's not the same everywhere yet equally the fact that they are not just repurposing stuff that they would have done on the website they're you know making tiktok specific using tiktok trends but equally if something's serious they're not just making a silly trend out of it they kind of they've still got like a news publisher tone but you know it's about knowing where to stretch it and when where not to i suppose And then finally, I think it's just recognising where your other potential stars can be. Like, I love the fact that Boris Johnson, obviously um, Daily Mail columnist now, has become kind of an unlikely TikTok star for them. Like his promos for his column apparently are doing surprisingly well. So I think it's kind of picking out where that could be, maybe trying some things out, not just saying, oh, well, he, you know, he's an older XPM, the younger people on TikTok won't be interested in that, like the style of what he's doing is working. Yeah, I mean, I had a look at it and it's, um, like you say, they, um, they're sort of creating little videos, but they're, they're doing it um, very much for the medium. So with the voiceovers and the captions and, uh, you know, picking stuff that they obviously know will do well, you know, obviously there's some horrifying um, like footage coming out of Israel, like social footage, which kind of works well on that sort of platform. And then sort of like mail online, there's just like, you know, vast variety of strange and wonderful stories out there that, that they've got access to that work really well on that medium. But they're not just recutting sort of news reports the way I think some broadcast brands do. They're, they're sort of doing it for the medium and it seems to be working well. 
Brilliant. Well, lessons learned. Thanks for that, Charlotte. Thanks, Tom. You've been listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Dominic Bonsford, Charlotte Tobit, and she was interviewing Phil Harvey of Mail Online. We were produced today by Ron Marr and Suze Cooper. Thanks very much for listening. Please do share, like it, and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And you can read more about TikTok and all the other big trends Press Gazette covers by checking out our website, pressgazette.co.uk. 